I'm Nalaya Chakana, and you're listening to the Dare to Love podcast. The Dare to Love podcast is the place where we get naked and have a real conversation. So, welcome, Laura. <laughs> ah, so, Laura and I actually met exactly 11 years ago in a small village in Thailand called Pai. And we met because we were both getting a really big back tattoo. <laughs> by the same artist um yeah she had a beautiful piece done in the form of chakras and i have an earthly dragon in the color of brown and um yeah this is how we met and i think we kept bumping into each other on the streets and we never really hung out but we we kept in contact and one random day recently like maybe a month ago i bumped into her again because of a mutual friend and I saw, I don't know, when it, since whenever I was uh, interacting with, you know, the things that you're posting and the transformation you've gone through and the journeys you've made, I've, I've always just felt like, wow, you're a sister, you know? Like, I respect you so much for your vulnerability and your wisdom. It's like, you're so open to life and to experiencing it. And you're unafraid to like talk about taboo and about your real story. So immediately I said, okay, let's do a podcast without even thinking about, okay, what's the subject? I just felt like I want to chat with you. <laughs> and um, yeah, so we got brainstorming and we found an amazing subject that is actually really fragile and sensitive. Um, but before we go into that, maybe you can introduce yourself and also kind of slip into the introduction of what we'll be talking about. Wow. Okay. Thank you. Um, yes, it's been, it, it's been, it's been beautiful to reconnect. And I, and I agree, you know, we've been like bumping into each other's life in, in, in the real time and then in the, in the, in, in Facebook and all of this. And I've been following your work too. So it was really beautiful to reconnect and feel like a yes to, to something emerging and like without knowing what we would speak about it was just like it, it just woke me up in one night you know like it woke me up and it's like oh my god I need we need to speak about that and then like when you know I shared with you but like oh my god I wanted to speak about that since a long time too so I feel like that's what we, we're going to talk about which I'm going to introduce soon who am I it's like I feel like I'm like one of those courageous soul you know that just take that life as an experiment and as a playground of like being destroyed and being reconstructed and destroyed again just to, you know, experience life fully and just trying to feel the essence of it. And, um, yeah, I can tell you what I'm doing and what I do, you know, it's like I'm a, I'm a former psychologist and then I went into uh, a path of more embodiment, you know, I was lacking embodiment in psychology. So I went for 12 years into Tantra, shamanism, like any kind of embodiment, dance, even sex work. It was just like everything about like trying to get like what is this life in this body and how do we, how do we connect this body to spirit and how do we descend into the shadow side of humanity and understand, love it and pierce it through innocence. So that has been what I have been fascinated by in the last decades. And um, so somehow, you know, like bringing on one of this taboo topic also that we want to we wanna have a conversation about is also a bit part of my personal life, definitely, and, and something that I see in so many, you know, sisters uh, around me. So basically, like the heat 
um, you know, the heat about, about, um, about this conversation comes from a personal experience of journeying. You know, I'm about to turn 40 and, and, and journeying with a question of motherhood for the past 12 years and, um, and being confronted to, to this inner dilemma, inner conflict, you know, like between, uh, wanting family and wanting to dedicate my life to family, security, kids, descendants, um, bringing love through one human being through a family constellation and, uh, the conflict with, um, soul purpose, spirit, giving myself my wisdom to many, not just to, you know, a nuclear family, but like to many people, like just, keeping my freedom and being able to continue walking, uh, walking my talk, you know, in, 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 into a wider scale. So that inner conflict, you know, has, has brought me, um, close to my menopause, I would say, you know, I don't know when it's going to come, but I'm closer than before for sure. And with that question mark, you know, it's like, what am I, what am I, what am I saying yes to and where am I still not clear about? And I've seen that in, you know, I feel like this, this conversation is an inner conversation that happened in every, any woman, if you want to speak about a gender, but also, um, any human being, you know, it's like that time where you're like almost like choosing, you know, between, between having a life of purpose or having a life of family and how do we reconcile those two voices within oneself, regardless of what we decide to and how much of our uh, in a conflict we surrender to and we offer to, to, to destiny, you know, and not just like letting linger or letting life take over and then being slave of destiny instead of like, you know, riding aside with destiny. So yeah, so that's a little bit of this. Yeah. I, I like that you were, that you use the word offer. Um, because I think, you know, when you're at that crossroad, there is that decision. Um, that has to be made. And sometimes the decision is made for us, right? In, in both perspectives. Um, but to offer, like in one of the podcasts, uh, the re one of the recent ones, uh, we very much talk about sacrifice and how this word comes from to make sacred. And there's this offering, no, that is present in all shamanic traditions, but also very much in life. Like even when we're not connected to any shamanic lineage, there are moments of initiation simply by being human. It's to be born, it's to fall into adolescence, it's to fall into our maturity. And as women, we lose, we, we start our cycle, which is initiation, and then we lose our cycle, right? And that again. And then of course, death is an amazing initiation as well. So it's like that full circle and where we meet these points of initiation, I think is very personal. So I suppose I am interested where that fork really began for you. Like, where did that question arose from? Um, yeah. How did you put it when, before we, uh, started recording, like when we had our little brainstorm, you talked about spirit and material. Was that it? And matter, spirit matter. and matter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So maybe you can talk about like your personal experience of for the first time encountering that dilemma. And kind of like how you were navigating it, because I think that it wasn't just a question of like, oh, I'll close my eyes and sit on the meditation cushion. And <laughs> it was a wild, long journey for you. And yeah, if you could just tell us a little bit and then, you know, we kind of weave into 
uh, various subjects connected to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I consider myself since a very long time, like someone that is pretty ambitious, you know, it's like ambitious in a way that I knew since a long time that I'm here to doing great things, you know, it's like, and I want to offer my life in service of something, you know, so it's like, so for a long time, I just thought until I was 27, actually, I thought that I, I did not want to be ever a mother because that would take me away from my capacity to, to, to do great things, to do big things. So I was pretty convinced about that until 27. Um, and then when I reached 27, uh, actually something pretty dramatic happened in, in my family life. And my, um, uh, my sister-in-law, so the wife of my brother, got uh, murdered. And so it left him with uh, three kids. Um, and the younger one was in a very young age. She was seven years old. And that was the time I was back home because I was traveling a lot with my studies and yeah. So somehow I kind of like received that little one that was in immediate need of having a substitution of mother. And somehow, you know, like kid don't, you know, don't, 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 don't lose time. It was like the day after that happened, he kind of asked me if I could be his new mom, you know, like it, it was, innocent and, and cute and and that question took me by by surprise you know like it, it actually brought an inquiry in me that I never even can you know consent to go into until that time and so that relationship with my with my nephew that I, I kind of became the mom for, for the time around uh, brought or called back a certain longing that I didn't even know existed in my matter. You know, like something started to be awakened that I feel I had suppressed for uh, uh, many years in, in not wanting to, to even hear that call. You know, it was like, no, we need to continue being free and we need to continue rock the world. I was already traveling a lot because of my studies. Um, so yes, there was like this incapacity to respond, to even hear the longing at that time. So uh, suddenly this little boy, this little one come and, you know, wants me to be his mom and, 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 and I melt, you know, like something, some kind of protection around, um, around that yearning in, in myself, you know, in my womb, as uh, some kind of protection around that started to totally, to totally melt, you know, and, and, and I was confronted to that reality that there was a, a deeper ancient void, voice in a void. I was about to say void, but it was something like, yeah, a voice in my womb that I could not be blind to anymore, you know, and that became, the starting point of a huge inquiry and contradictions and in conflict and, and so many layers of it was a um, Yeah, that's the starting point, I would say. Oof, that's really powerful. Wow. Yeah, because like while all of this was happening, heart opening, there was also a heartbreak, no? Like I can imagine it, it brought up so much for everyone. Yeah, actually hearing you say that, I got reminded of the fact that I also didn't want to be a mother. <laughs> 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 yeah.
Yeah. With conviction, I guess, with a lot of conviction. Aha, exactly. And I think, you know, I was a huge rebel in my teenage years. Um, I wanted to break all the rules and I wanted to break the structure of what the path was meant to be, right? Of like, you fall in love with the first person. It, well, hold on. You marry the first person you fall in love with. You create a, you know, a happily ever after. And listen, my family is a great example of that, especially for their generation. Like they're not just unhappily together. They're actually happily together. And, um, and yet I, I didn't want that. Like the moment I could fly, I flew. I did my internships abroad. I just, you know, I mean, I was raised in, in multiple countries, so I did have that international aspect in me. Um, and I was a bit confused about where do I belong for that reason, right? Because I'm a mix of many cultures. But um, there was something in the aspect of wanting it to be my own way. Um, but I remember very clearly, like whenever I thought about life growing in my womb, it was actually one of my biggest fears, like just the idea of it. And so I stepped into my 20s, I went exploring life, experimenting with life. Um, but when I reached India, um, I stopped bleeding. So all my attention went to my womb, like what was up with my menstrual cycle, my fertility cycle, my hormonal alignment, and therefore my femininity. And all of this coincided with me shaving my head uh, because I had a lot to let go of. So there I was basically stripped from all my femininity. I mean, the, the external feminine aspects, right? Um, yeah, I was living a very simple life, but I, I, I guess I lost myself completely in that moment. And the only thing that really mattered to me was like, let's get back into health. And so the focus on my womb initially was just that. But it ended up being a year long or like it, it lasted actually three years in order for me to get my cycle back. But during that time, I actually started producing menstrual cups. I started hosting women's circles and being attracted um, or attracted more into my field, women with similar issues, which, of course, we cannot just look at the, the menstrual cycle itself. Like we have to look at everything that is part of the womb. And so as I began to do that work, not just with myself, but with my sisters, I, I discovered all these broken layers within my own femininity. And it wasn't to aim to have that health so that I could bear a child, but it was the recognition that if we are in the fertile phase, we have to boost our fertility regardless of what we do with it because it's life force and whatever we want to birth from that place, we have to optimize it. So everything from that moment on became about sexuality, sensuality, using that force in whatever form of creation, connecting with sisters and connecting with the sacredness of my blood and making offerings. And so there, everything kind of unfolded for me. And I think I must have been around the same age as you, like I think 26 or 27, where I guess my primal self, like you can call it biology, but I see it as like a primal aspect of human being that wants to procreate because I've, I've heard enough stories of women who are convinced that they never want to become mothers, but then the body begins to scream almost, no? And I think in every language we have a way of, of saying that. Like in Dutch we say, the eierstokken beginnen te, to ringelen. I don't know how to translate that. It's like the, 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 what do you call them? Anyway, I'm, I'm losing the translation, but yeah, something starts to shake up, not like, prrr, 
listen to me. Um, and for me, it was like, oh, I knew I was young enough to kind of navigate those waters. But from that moment, whenever I was dating, my question did become like, are you the father of my children? And this is how I began to navigate. Um, but I'll, I'll tell another story later in regards to what exactly allowed me to see you know, what is more important in life or how I wanted to reconstruct that life. Because the dilemma that you talk about, I think is present in a lot, a lot of women these days who obviously want to be free, who want to carve their own path, who want to construct their life in a way that is fulfilling, is satisfying. Um, but there is that primal calling very often of like, wanting to have that magical experience of creating life and wanting to have that heart opening experience that comes from loving your own child or loving the family that you are part of and is something very unique. No. So like this dilemma I think is present in, in so many women, which is why I, I love that we're, we're tapping into this, but yeah, if you could take us a little further on, on this journey, when you, you know, you met that, melting and you met that voice or that void in your womb and uh yeah i would love to hear more yeah well, well i just want to add also in what you're saying it's like it was interesting that was more or less the same age and i feel like you know if, if we speak about um initiations and initiation portals you know it's like almost like we go from the maiden to the mother and it doesn't mean that you're going to birth a child you know it's like it's, it's the meaning that when you're you're learning from that archetype within the timeline of your life. It's like you're going to be bursting either project, either anything, but there is like a, there is a, like a, like a, a need to create, you know? And, and sometimes it's like, well, if I'm going to create a project or if I'm going to, you know, burst my sole purpose, it's going to be in contradiction of like bursting a child that's going to take all my life and that don't, that's going to become my own purpose. So it's like, I feel like there is a, a misunderstanding in, 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 of alignment of what is my sole purpose and how can that serve eventually becoming a mother or not? And, does that mean if I don't have a child that I'm not going through the mother initiation? You know, it's like, it's like all this questioning. And, and, and if I bring it back to my own story, it's like one of the things that when I go into this dilemma comes with, you know, one of the shame almost, like it's like, well, if I'm not going to become a physical mother in this world, because I'm a mother of many other things and other beings, um, if I'm not going to have my own child, it feels like I'm missing out in one important initiation of femininity of womanhood you know it's like it's almost like i fail to um to my gender or i fail to my highest purpose you know so there is like uh, there is like a threat almost you know it's like i feel like if that inner conflict is not come to harmony or come to surrender to each other's polarity whether or not you have a child, you're going to have almost like a curse that come with you. It's like if that inner conflict is not resolved in a woman that didn't have a child and she comes through the menopausal portal, it's always going to be, what if I had a child? You know, it's like the regret of not having had that experience. And like to think that she's like what I'm just saying, it's like maybe I missed out into one important initiation in my life. 
And if you don't get to resolution in that conflict and then you have a child, it's going to be always the curse of like, my life would have been, you know, freer or simpler without, or I missed out into my purpose or I've sacrificed everything. I've sacrificed my own dreams to fulfill the dream of a family or for, of a child, you know? So it's like that kind of regret of the life that hasn't been offered and, and, and in service, you know, it's like that sacrifice. It's not a sacrifice of your own, fl- like of, of your own individual life. It's like, it feels like that, um, that conflict need to, be surrendered to each other you know when i was telling you about like this conflict between spirit and matter it's like the spirit wants to be free doesn't know form you know it's like it's formless it's like that driven force you know that doesn't care about the physical reality of existence and then there's this matter which is your flesh it's your bones it's your womb it's like it's just calling you to procreate matter and create more and more matter, you know? It's like, and it's an equal reality that coexists within every being. So that conflict always happens, you know? It's like sometimes your spirit, um, like the highest part of your spirit, so it can be your mind, it's like the highest part of your mind, which is the spirit. It's like imposing upon your matter and you know, which is what happened in my own life. I'm going to explain you later. Or it can be the opposite. Your matter, like, impose onto your spirit. And no matter what you're trying to do, you're trying to have all the contraception possible, you just get pregnant even just by breathing, you know? It's like, because, like, your matter is so potent that it just takes over even if you don't want it, you know? Like, a part of you doesn't want it. And in my case, was the opposite, which was, like, my spirit was totally doming my matter totally dumbing it you know to the point that um i haven't been um um diagnosed with infertility i've started to do a lot of tests like maybe four or five years ago when actually since my 27 i was a yes to conceive and i had a first partner at that time and we tried to conceive for a year like regularly and it didn't happen but at 27 28 you know you don't really ask yourself why this is not happening you know and then suddenly i was like okay I want to leave my work and go travel to India and do all these things. And I'm just going to do it because anyway, life showed me that family was not for me right now. And, you know, and so I'm free to go. So, you know, sometimes it's like in French, we have a, we have a saying, it's like, where is the eggs and where is the chicken? You know, it's like who started first. So it's like, oh, is that life that is showing me? that I'm not supposed to be a mom right now, so therefore I can be free? Or is it my freedom that has imposed so much on my physical structure that I cannot get pregnant at all? And of course, at that time, I didn't know. You know, it's like you don't ask as a woman at 27, 28 years old, like if it doesn't happen, you feel like that's like just destiny. I mean, actually, I felt that. But when that continuously happened, because then I had another partner for eight years and we tried to have uh, kids, not all the time, but like we had periods and then I had another one and then, and then a crazy kind of dark feminine eruption, irrational desire to have a kid from any kind of seed started to happen around 35 years old you know so then it was like not even anymore about family about who it was like 
almost like this, it's like the, 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 the crying and the craving of matter started to erupt like a volcano and it became irrational and uncontrollable. It's like the years of being repressed and suppressed for not having it. It just like came as a rageful force that I had no control over. And, and it was, I was, I'm still probably a little bit better. I was ashamed of it. You know, it was like having sex with anyone and pulling seed anywhere, you know, like it was just like, I'm going to just take any seed. So it was like this visceral need and desire and yearning and ultimately underneath like deep sadness, you know, like deep sadness of not like being able to, to cocoon, to hold, to, to reproduce, you know, which is like almost ultimately the only, the only goal of this matter, of this body, you know, it's like of this womb, this mattress, like just want that. And then it's like, if there is not an inner conversation with spirit that is like, what are we creating? What are we co-creating, you know, together? Which could, which could be anything, you know, like, okay, how can we equally surrender to each other? How can we equally, um, uh, sacrifice our own deep desire? One, it's like a baby and the other one, it's like an impact into the world. Uh, it's like, how can we both sacrifice our deepest desire for the love of life, you know? And so, that for me is the ultimate resolution. It's like when my matter can be like, I could give up for the love of us, you know? It's like, and the spirit be like, I could also give up for the love of us. And so then it's like real destiny. Otherwise, to me, it's not destiny, it's karma. <laughs> it's like, it's just karma taking over. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the thing that I find so powerful about you is that you really unleashed that dark feminine and just went for it. And while you went for what you wanted, or what some part of you wanted, <laughs> yeah, uh, some part. <laughs> yeah. There was also the recognition of like these deeper layers of shame, you know, and earlier you talked about like, oh, some part of the feminine then feels like she failed. And just the fact that you're able to say that, I think you're speaking for so many women because there's, yeah, there's many stories I've heard over time and it's very interesting, you know, because one thing I've noticed specifically about our generation, I mean, maybe the, the younger generation will go through that as well. Um, but our generation, it's like very often women don't even have the clarity of like, would I want to have child or would I want to have that sense of being part of a family it's like it's not contemplated as much and I think it comes from the rejection of certain things that we've seen in older generations like the ones of our parents and grandparents I mean it's something I went through as I got initiated into motherhood the recognition of like like what came out of me after giving birth was really a particular rage and I think that rage came from 
a suppression of the feminine because it was expected to just not even without thinking or blinking make that sacrifice right and so the fact that it came out of me a person who's traveled the world done basically anything she wanted has created multiple businesses it's like and I, and I know I could I mean I'm, I'm doing it right now I'm balancing my life very well creating projects and creating life but what had to come out of me in that first year of initiation was suppressed emotions that any woman in my lineage before me did not have the opportunity to even feel to even have the space to integrate to contemplate and um yeah sorry I got kind of lost uh I wanted to respond to something that you said yeah so the fact that you can admit that oh yeah so there's a lot of women in our generation that I feel don't even contemplate the possibility or kind of just leave it like oh if it happens it happens if it doesn't it doesn't but I know so many who are either reaching the cusp of becoming 40 who suddenly feel this like desperation um, and feel ashamed for that desperation. So then they try to cover it up with all kinds of narratives of like, oh no, this is more important. Oh, I don't actually believe in love or, oh, there's no good men out there. Um, because there is this unwillingness to go through what I see as a ego shattering experience when, you know, the maiden dies through giving birth to a child. Um, but also a fear of love, right? Because I think it's part of humanness that if we were to surrender to love in that way, there's a huge sacrifice that happens and a huge vulnerability that is necessary, specifically from the woman, because we open up, right? We are the ones that feed a family in that way or feed a relationship in that way through our openness. I mean, it's how we are physically designed and it's what Tantra speaks about, right? It's like, we receive through our yonis. And so the yoni is almost like a symbol of the openness that is required in order for that connection to create magic. But also the more open we are, the more pleasure we receive. And it's, for me, it's, it's a symbol, right? To, to how we approach life. But the fact that many people don't question it, even though that what I see as a primal yearning will forever be there. And not to say that it has to therefore happen, but I do feel like that question needs to be asked and the clarity needs to be there before it's too late. Because I also know of plenty of women who have kind of surpassed that cusp and go through a mourning process that they weren't prepared for. And what I understood from a couple of stories that I heard is that the mourning isn't just, oh, okay, it's never going to happen. But the mourning is also the recognition of like, I won't just not be a mother. I also won't be a grandmother. And the understanding that, you know, those initiations that we're talking about are, are not just for the present, but also for the future. And so how to then reconstruct or realign to receive a particular satisfaction is, is very, very deep. Like when we just look at our humanness. So I kind of just want to weave into that where that cusp was for me, um, because I somehow found my purpose very early on and it had everything to do with the, the struggle with my menstrual cycle and therefore also the recognition of how many parts of my feminine were actually broken, which I had no understanding of. Like I had to be in a very destructive um, relationship with a narcissist to recognize he's reflecting something to me, right? Because I, I, at the time I used to say like, oh, he broke parts of my feminine, but no, he came into my life to reveal what was already broken. 
And while I came out of that relationship and I processed it a lot with ayahuasca and other plant medicines, that gave me access to understanding what was broken in my lineage that was covered up, right? Because it was never really present on the surface. And therefore, the way I tried to express my femininity was actually just very superficial, which is why my womb stopped operating, let's say, in order for me to have all my attention go there and recognize the layers that were ancestral, that were physical, biological, sexual. It just, I mean, there were so many countless layers that were revealed that needed healing. And like I said, I was doing it not just with myself, but with my sisters um, and allowing these women to reflect something back at me up until that point of recognizing like, okay, probably when I healed, I'm really fully allowed <clears throat> and really fully allowed a purer, more authentic expression of, of my own femininity to come forth. There was that understanding of like, of course I want to be a mother, like, wow, how blessed I am to have received this body that can actually experience it. But it was just a, a feeling, a thought, you know, mid-20s, end of the 20s, like we're not in a space of like, it has to happen now. It's, it's merely like, oh, I still have more than a decade for this to kind of unfold. But the thing that really cracked something in my consciousness of the recognition of like, you know what? regardless of the fact that my purpose is my golden number one, that's what I used to call it, I know I am ready and willing to sacrifice it when the moment comes. And it happened in a Yopo ceremony. So at the time I was in a full crisis, like I don't want to go into the story, but something happened that shook everything. And I I was in such a stressful, chaotic moment of life. Like I, I barely could sleep. Like life was demanding me to fix the issue of what had occurred between me and someone else, but it created a lot of ripple effects, right? Like it wasn't just between me and one person. It, it was a whole freaking mess. And that moment actually was coming from my soul, no, to like realign my life in accordance to my core values and anything that didn't fit with it had to fall away. And unfortunately, it had to fall away through an earthquake. So I was desperate. I was chaotic. I was depleted. I was exhausted. I was in need of some guidance. So I did a Yopo ceremony. Um, and for those who don't know, Yopo is, yeah, a very particular medicine that is very dear to my heart because it's not like ayahuasca where you have a very elongated, very powerful, deep journey with purging and catharsisism and all, all kinds of things. But Yopo demands you to be present. Like it's a, it's a DMT. It's actually a combination of 5-MeO and NNDMT. So it's, it's a very strong DMT experience. Usually it doesn't last that long, but while you're in the journey, if you are not in a meditative space, and what I mean by that is if you're not present, it will kind of trick you and fool you and bring you all kinds of visions and ideas and things that don't make sense at all. But if you are able to really become present, the way you are directed into the heart of the message that you need to receive becomes crystal clear. Like it's very, very unique in the way that it teaches, basically as you should be in life, right? 
I don't have too much experience with Yopo, but it's like, wow, the things I have been able to learn from it. So anyway, I was in this journey wanting direction for how the fuck to get out of this mess and like what to do with myself, no? And the only vision that arose was me sitting in the field with my life partner and our kids. And it was this blissful, beautiful, very simple vision that melted all the stress away from me and had me recognize what I really apparently found to be the most important. And that was the first seed that got planted. And so I kind of just continued with life. And then a couple of years later, the exact same thing happened in an ayahuasca ceremony, where again, I was in some kind of, I don't know, distress, whatever. I mean, it's the reasons we, we reach out to plant medicine, no? like to get guidance, to get clarity, to see direction, to have some kind of answers or understanding of why the fuck we ended up in this situation. And again, I was in this ceremony. Um, the visions actually that time weren't even that strong, but everything everything, everything was pointing towards my fertility and my femininity and the experience of, of what I felt. And again, it was more visceral and it was more like really in the body and recognizing this like portal of fertility and femininity and, you know, this vessel that I am and, and the, the, the power, like in a very soft way, I, I just connected with that. And again, the sense that I got was really this Fulfillment through simplicity. And I guess these two experiences planted something really deep within me in the recognition that if it came down to it, I would be able to sacrifice everything for love, which ultimately is exactly what happened, right? Like we were in the pandemic. I gave up my home, my family, or my spiritual family, my community, my position, my sense of belonging of everything that I had so well constructed in Peru for love. I flew to Thailand. We got pregnant. I had to pause my work 100%. And I did that partially by choice, but also because I entered a state that I call altered state of consciousness that a woman could experience when being pregnant simply because when we dare to surrender in that way. I mean, I know of a lot of women who are able to still operate. Um, and I think that that is a lack of surrender. It's just my interpretation. I personally didn't feel like I had so much of a choice. I was just pushed into that surrender. And the, the, the perception of reality I entered was just like, wow, I, I have no words for it other than just saying it's a very profound experience of what we are able to perceive regarding reality and intuition of our feminine. But yeah, I, I, I had conflicts during that journey as well, even though it was the most beautiful, it was also conflicting because for so long, I mean, we're talking about more than a decade, I'd operated from this strong, independent woman, you know, who makes her choices, who directs her life, who constructs um, whatever it is that she wants to share with the world and considered it, you know, her golden number one. And then suddenly poof, all of it was sacrificed for that thing that I knew was ultimately what I wanted to achieve. But to move through the morning of that sacrifice, because I, I wasn't sure what was on the other side in my mind, what I was, you know, fighting with was the idea that 
I would need to go through a decade of motherhood and sacrificing myself over and over and over again before I could even reconnect with any part of my creation. I thought I would have to, you know, a decade later, reconstruct everything from scratch. <clears throat> and so that was really, really difficult. And I think that that's kind of like, you know, the dilemma that you were talking about as well um, of like, okay, what is important and what makes me feel alive? And more and more did I just start to allow the death to happen that ultimately needs to happen for any woman who steps into motherhood. I mean, maybe people who are like part of a larger organization who get, you know, maternity leave and then come back and fall into the same position. Maybe for them, it's a little different than, you know, me who had constructed her business and her path in the way that is very much operating from a creative side. Like it's, it, it's, it's, you know, it comes through the womb and if the womb is occupied <laughs> and the heart is occupied, it's like, you can't force yourself. I, I just couldn't. I mean, I wasn't even clear in my mind enough to do that. I was dying so that that space could be created for this new aspect of my womanhood to come out. And then now, because I no longer desired it, suddenly life opened the space for me to again be able to create, which is why I choose to teach this, this year. I mean, we want another pregnancy. So I see this as like a window for my creation, but it's no longer, Oh, what can I achieve with this? It's simply like, I'm passionate and I'm simply going to move from this passion and the balance I've been able to create because we have a lot of support. And I think that that is essential, something that is overlooked. I mean, I'm creating a reality that for some reason, my ancestors didn't have the opportunity to create in this way where, you know, both are really possible without needing to overextend ourselves. Like, I feel like I'm sleeping way better than I was before. And I have a particular balance right now that I'm really proud of, but I had to go through a lot of shadows to even see that that possibility could exist because I didn't have any example in my surroundings that portrayed that. Anyway, I'm, I feel like I'm kind of drifting off, but I think that conflict really comes from the understanding or the idea um, that is portrayed and reflected to us through the examples that we have very often through our own parents, our own mother, women in our surroundings, or the struggle of sisters who are just, you know, overextended and even to the point of resentful. That's something that I've seen a lot in, in women who are mothers of our generation that, you know, they, they hold on to a particular ideology, but actually they build on inner resentment because, <clears throat> yeah, the particular kind of sacrifice they're making, they're not completely okay with, even though it's what they want. And so I think it has a lot to do with stretching kind of like that belly when we're pregnant, like stretching ourselves, recognizing that you can actually have it all if you allow it to, if, if you, if you take that position of like, I'm the creator of my reality. And listen, I've had tremendous struggle, right? In the, in the first year of motherhood to actually allow this to happen. And it was an ego shattering identity death to the point of me feeling like I lost my mind several times. Like it's, yeah, it's been a lot to, to be able to, to end up in this position. But I, yeah, I want to give space to you because I know that our journeys and the way that we've received our insights 
and the way that life demanded us to see certain things and how we redirected our lives is, is very opposing, which is why our conversation, I think, is so full and so abundant and so overflowing. But yeah, I really want to hear more about you. So please weave into it. I don't know where to start, but it's, um, yeah, one thing that came was, you know, you, you were, you were talking, um, once again, to me, it's like the importance of having a, a mourning process. Like you were speaking about, like, once need to ask themselves the question. It was at the beginning that you were, you, you were talking. It's like, if you don't even ask yourself the question, it feels like there's clearly something that is repressed into a normal, like, you know, a normal unfolding of life. I feel like life wants to give life and it could be in the physical form or it could be in the formlessness of it, you know? So like not even asking yourself the question feels like that there is almost like a current that is um, um, blocked, you know? And so I feel like when you start asking yourself the question, why it's easier not to, it's because, and I remember until 27, it's like, it was obvious. It was obvious. I wouldn't want to, you know, it's like, a, but if you ask yourself the question, you need to go into a process of death, you know, like it's like, it's inevitable. You need to die to the door, to the, to, to both of the possibilities, you know, it's like what I was trying to speak about the resolution. It's almost like two entities in you. And it's like, until they can come to the place where they're like, I would die for you. And that is reciprocally uh, given. I would die for you. You know, it's like that, that there is not space for actually um, falling through that death portal. Because at the moment that you've chosen one of those um, expression of life, either through a physical motherhood, either not, regardless of like where life is going to bring you, there's a part of you that is dying through that process. You know, so like what you were sharing was saying that you, your maiden died, you know, in, in you giving birth. Um, yeah, and it feels like it's, you know, some, like what I was sharing before around the fact that there's parts of me that feels like I'm failing to my, to my, to my femininity or to my, to my womanhood. It's like what, what part of us is dying by taking a direction and it's like who is actually taking the direction you know like what like who is actually really doing so you know it's like yeah so that that process of deep surrender not just like oh let's see what life does because i think you spoke about that too you know it's like and for me for a long time it was like yeah like let, let's just see you know like let's just let life do itself I don't think it is about that, you know? It's like, I feel like this initiation is about you taking the risk of wanting one thing or the other. You know, you putting your, 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 yeah, your risk potential out, you feeling the longing and the yearning of your matter, you feeling the fear and the need of freedom of your soul, you know, it's like, and, and, and feeling the radical contrast that this bring in you and create such a fracture in your being that there is nothing else than you can do that just die to yourself, you know, and like this is that, that conflict that needs to first being acknowledged and then having courageously 
fall into, you know, so that there's nothing left of you. And that's the only place where actually whatever decision is made by life, because it's not made by you, once again, it's like, it's not made by you. It's made by life through the way that you go into this conflict. And I feel like you're going to receive what's needed for you to work through that inner conflict even now or either in another life, you know, later on. But you have to go through that resolution of like being ready to die to yourself constantly. And that's one of the biggest ones, you know. It's like what part of me is dying by allowing allowing that um you know, that, that spaciousness within me, which is like, neither I want to have a child or neither I don't want to have a child. When there's a strong charge in any of those polarity, it feels like something isn't resolved, you know. And so uh, in, in my own experience right now, you know, I'm turning 40. I don't know how long more I can eventually uh, have a child in my womb. I don't even know if it's possible. I've gone through so many different um uh, medical examination there is no clarity upon the fact that i could probably be infertile on the contrary i have good like i've got enough eggs uh everything looks good you know so it's like uh, there's, there's a mystery there there's a mystery around whether or not that's going to happen but one thing that i want to work on um it's not on my desperation to make it happen, which happened last year. You know, it's like, oh, I'm going to freeze my eggs or I'm going to co-parent. I'm going to find someone to do co-parenting with, taking the relationship uh, pressure off and just finding another man that wants equally like me having a baby as a project and we do it together. You know, so it's like, it's wild, the creativity that comes through the desperation, you know? It's like it could be anything. But at one point I'm like, can you just give up? Could you actually give up? You know, it's like, but not from a place of despair, like there's no more hope, but from, from a place that, that of surrender. You know, can, can you just allow life to be and not be controlled by your preferences? Because within myself, there is such a contradiction of preferences anyway. So can all those preferences be given? be given up, you know, to, to, to life itself. Can life direct itself through me? So that's what I'd like to be at ease with before I enter the portal of menopause. You know, so that's what I want. What's, what I'm, what's my, my aim is not only for me, but for any woman, you know, so for, for any, and again, it's like, a, it's another thing that I was thinking, speaking about. I'm going to give you space now. It's like, it's not just about women. I feel like this pressure in women is stronger because the physical reality of our bodies give us an expiry date, you know, like whereas men body don't have it, but this process of inner conflict and having to choose and having to be confronted to the reality of that conflict eventually is also very alive in men. And I have a lot of men around me that are going through that conflict right now. So, yeah, I'm just inclusive of gender in here and not like just, you know, like giving it just for women. I'll leave it to you. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a whole different topic because, 
you're right. I do see it in men as well. And it's interesting because the ones that haven't thought about it, they end up in their forties. And then the conflict is not about fertility, but it's actually about vitality, right? It's like, would I have the energy? Do I want to be 60 or 70 when my children are in their teenagers, you know? But yeah, the thing I actually wanted to deepen of what you were saying was regarding the the sense of shame that you talked about in the beginning, which I think is so, yeah, it just gives me goosebumps. Like now that I'm saying it, it's like, oh, you know, to just bring it out into the open. Because like I said before, I, f I do honestly feel like so many women I know are creating narratives to just prevent themselves from even being able to feel that shame of that longing and that desperation. And so if you could just share from your own perspective or share from other stories that you know that are very similar to what you've gone through, I mean, you dove freaking deep in allowing yourself to feel those feelings. And I honestly believe that, you know, we as humans have all kinds of creative ways to hide ourselves from our shadows, but everyone has shadows and it's the way that life operates, right? But the way we get to dissolve those fears or feelings that we reject or don't want to feel or are afraid to feel, it's like we have to dive into it because when you face your fear, you dissolve the power that the fear has over you. So if you could just share from your own experience about shame and desperation. Well, I feel like you know, if you haven't dived into the density of the dark feminine before you reach around 40 and you're a woman, like it would take, like, you know, it's like, it's just going to act in the shadow fully. And like, I've heard so many times uh, men saying, don't date a woman that's like over 35 if she doesn't have a kid because she's going to pull your seat. She's going to try to pull your seat. She's going to try to make your, your kid behind your back, you know? And I must say, it is fucking true. You know, it's like either it's, you know, either, either you're aware of it, either you're not, but there's going to be, a, um, it's going to be a tremendous energy that is going to try to be reproduced. You know, so you're the, the dark feminine in any being. It's again, it's not just woman, but it's it's like your it's like your power. It's so it's your life force, and it's it, it's what can rage and like move mountains in you. You know, it's like it's like this, this this force that you don't even know you have. So if you haven't befriended it before, then like you're not gonna even gonna see it. It's gonna you know it's like it, it, it's it's gonna it's gonna just play in a way that you're not aware of, you know, you're just going to pull seed without even knowing that you're doing that. And somehow, you know, it, pre it prevents you to feeling that shame that I was speaking about, because when you know that this is happening and there is no fucking way that you can actually control this energy, you need to surrender to her. And what she's trying to say is just, I am longing to be heard in my yearning and in my longing, you know? It's like the deepest compassion comes from the dark feminine, not necessarily from the light feminine as we think it is. The deepest compassion is when you could go into the shit, see the shit of humanity 
and look at it with innocence and love, you know, and that's the capacity of your dark feminine. So if you haven't explored that raw, like messy and muddy uh, energy in you that can kill, that can, that doesn't give a shit, you know, that will take what it needs, that could could betray at any time if your needs are like threatened, you know, if you can't see that, you're going to have to, you're going to have to see it. And it's like, you know, just to make it a story, it is a, a funny story. It's like when I went to many doctors, you know, to eventually look if I have an infertility problem and the first question that the doctors ask before they go into intrusivity um, kind of test upon a woman, they're like, oh, have you checked the seed? You know, <laughs> and I was like, don't you worry. I have done my own research on it. I was not scientific, but I can really assure you that I've tried enough seed in my life to make sure that the problem was not coming from the seeds. You know, it's like the only denominator that was there was like me, you know, like I was the only common uh, factor there. So, you know, I, I can make even fun of it because it was that level of despair. It's like this like crying uh, wolf, you know, like mama wolf that is crying for the kids she never had. You know, and, and, and she despairly won that no matter what it is, you know, and then, and then, and, and, and into a form that it's like can also bring up a lot of, uh, you know, even like making, like having children on within that energy. And that's why, you know, I reached a point, it's like, why free, freezing my eggs? Why, why doing fieve? Like, I don't, do we do, do we say fieve in English? I don't even know. Like in vitro is, I don't know, in French we do fieve, but a, Going into all those processes of trying to have a reproduction that is assisted, that is pushed through. It's, it's like, I'm not saying that, you know, one should not do that, but the energy of despair that is not looked at, it's like this unhealthy, dark feminine that's trying to get what she needs desperately. And having a child from that energy, you can be sure 100% that all the all the shadow side of her be projected onto the child, like that desperate need to have a child will then become like your curse in your motherhood with that child. It becomes the only reason for what, you know, you live for. And I've heard many women that's like, I don't even want to leave anymore if I'm not going to have it. Like it's like that level of despair, you know? So it's like the only way somehow, you know, somehow the only way to found some balance is actually to call on for spirit in that moment. So it's like that shows like the the disassociation between those two polarities within. To call on for spirit for discernment, because you're not in discernment anymore. You know, you become a wild animal. That's what you are when that takes over. And a wild animal that doesn't have any consciousness, you know, so just, just go take the meat. You know, that's it. And, and yeah, and so let's speak about betrayal at that time. You know, when that energy take over, it's like one of the deepest fucking big taboo in sisterhood in general. Because when that energy takes over, it just like doesn't give a shit about who's your sister, who's your mother, who's your brother, and who's your friends. You know, it's like it just goes for what it wants. So if you haven't managed to ride the beast beforehand, 
you're gonna be surprised by what can happen. And the only way sometimes to allow you know, to, 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 to still be able to look at you in the mirror is to actually go unconscious. You know, it's like, it's just going conscious. This is the state, you know, just let it be. Because it's, it, it's too much, you know, like if you haven't taken the dark feminine initiation before that, well, good luck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how would you advise women who are really in that limbo, mid thirties? Like, what do I actually want? Because you know, I share a lot online because I just like sharing and I have had multiple women reach out to me. There was one moment where I actually made a post about basically, yeah, just having observed too many women, like I said before, not even asking that question and then ending up at the end of the road and then suddenly being desperate. I wrote something about it and I deleted it immediately because I, I just... I wanted to be compassionate for women who have actually crossed that border, who are in a mourning process. But this subject, like, wow, I'm celebrating the fact that we're talking about this because I've wanted so desperately to talk about it. And I, you know, it's like, who am I to, to, to speak on this when I have a family and not just like a baby from anyone, but like with my soul partner. So how dare I even talk about this? No, but yeah, it's been very alive in me because I, I do feel like, you know, trauma gets in the way, um, feminism gets in the way, like all these shadow aspects that convince us of all kinds of reasons of why, blah, blah, blah. But in the end, I do feel, not in every case, listen, there's some women that I really feel are uniquely selected to not go in that path and who will have the ability to make those choices with wisdom and clarity. But the majority, I do feel like, oh, there's something there. And I just wish they would open up their perspective and dare to dive into it. But again, I've never really felt like how, you know, like I said, like, how dare I <laughs> bring up this subject? But um, yeah, people have reached out to me who wanted to like, you know, do one-on-one -on -one with me and kind of journey into that. But since I am a mother, I've very clearly made certain decisions about what can I create and what can I not create? What space can I give others and what can I not? And one-on-one -on -one clients is the least of my desires. Like I can't, I can't offer that space anymore. And I don't want to like the only thing that is fulfilling and that I feel is actually going to give me energy is to do that group journey with there to love, which I'm offering this year. But other than that, it's like, I am in a position where I have to really, you know, balance out and, and discern what do I want so that the time, the majority of the time and energy and love that I have is for my family because they are the priority right now. And so, you know, for those people who've come to me who unfortunately I couldn't help out, it's like, what can you tell them in regards to Cause I think there's a lot of people who don't actually understand completely. Like, what is this dark feminine? How do I even unleash her? Where do I need to go to have that safe space that is contained, uh, that will allow for, you know, this expression of womanhood, but also, yeah, to navigate. Like, if you can just give some tips or direction, I think that would be cool. Well, for me, it's like, it's principle that you can cultivate, you know, it's, I'm not going to give you courses or whatever, you know, it's like, I feel like there's a resonance principle that you're going to be attracted by 
the courses, the teachers, the mentors uh, that you're going to need to work with, you know, just because it's a recognition of where your past is bringing you. But there are principles that you can cultivate within oneself. And for me, what has helped me and a quality that I've developed over time was radical honesty with myself. It's not with anyone else. It's like, can you look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself the truth about what is going on? And if you can't, can you find someone that can see through you and tell you the truth that they see? So I have seeked always like mentors in my life that had that quality to penetrate my bullshit, you know? And then like that quality that I see in them brought it back to myself. So it's like every time asking myself the question, where, that, where am I lying to myself and what is actually true? You know, it's like, what, what, are, what, what is honest? So in every time that you can say, be the more and more honest with you, with yourself, which is like also having this conflict, your honesty is not just one truth. It's like many truths that are happening at once and be like, wow, I'm fucked right now. There's like so many voices in me, you know, it's like, but having the honesty of not being like, oh yeah, just one this, which so not, what is actually going on in your inner drama here? So, yeah, honesty and radicality. It's like taking action on what you see and what you feel. And if you're lost, having the honesty also to go and seek for someone to help you see or to help you move or to do something about, you know, it's like, and um, about what you were asking about, like, how do I take initiation in my dark feminine? For me, it's embodiment. So anything that brings you into not just like, oh, yeah, let's just dance and it's beautiful. You know, it's like, you know, like if you go down, if you go into the descending path of embodiment, you're going to hit rocks. So your embodiment will depend also on how much rocks are you hitting, basically. Otherwise, you know, you're just a butterfly onto those rocks and you're not really going and see what's like, what's the mud underneath that. So how much of your shadow could you track? You know, it's like how much of um, spaces could you confess? You know, another thing that I'm, I think, you know, that you, you, you shared about me and that other people share about me, it's like the capacity to radically confess, you know, it's like to confess where I have, you know, fucked up, like what part of me I have discovered and like what horrible part of me I have discovered, you know, it's like I remember one old post that was like, that went uh, viral. It was like when I when I was speaking about how I, I met my um, necrophile. I met my inner necrophile. That energy in me that actually had no fucking these like was just celebrating and fucking death. You know, like uh, so all those qualities in oneself. Like remembering that all the shit that we project outside lives inside of us. You know, it's like there is. There is a potential murderer in you. There's a potential pedophile in you. There is a potential anything, you know? So it's like, how much are you in contact with those energy? And how much can you love yourself to those energy? So that's like a barometer of how much did you dive into the dark? 
And what you find in those places, it's, it's terrifying. Like, you know, diving into the darkness of your existence is terrifying. And therefore, you want to have support and groups and women and, and men and people that have done that journey, you know, that can be like, yeah, keep breathing, keep going down, keep going down, you know, like, because ultimately what you found what you find underneath those rocks that you hit is a huge power, huge power that then is given in service. That's why I'm saying that the deepest compassion, you find it in the dark, you know, the dark that is actually integrating its light, which is like you went through the shit, you've seen the shit of this life, you've seen every... Uh, scenes of creation and you could reclaim it reclaim it through innocence you could see it in you and you could love it and you could love it you know it's like you could bring the love in those parts so that's the path you know basically that that's the path that is inevitable and life will bring you initiations you know it will constantly bring you initiation to find that bottom rock you know that 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 will eventually make you then blossom from the mud you know but if you don't like it's just gonna be painful you're gonna be judging everything you're gonna be always tracking those other people that embody what you don't want to see in you and trying to make them witches or like like you know make them bad and you know separating and segregating this life that is are alive anywhere, this conflict is alive in you. So it's like being in touch with that inner conflict constantly, even though it feels like it's, you know, driving you insane, is the only path of liberation. So I don't know if I really answered your question, but um, ask for help and um, find resonance, you know. It's like what has helped me a lot, actually, I had one mentor that, you know, like, it was, it was, and it's still, she's still meant to me. Uh, and it just like being close to that woman and learning from her and so many different experiences. And she's an elder to me and knowing that she's gone through that and seeing the love that emerged, like a real love, not this fucking fluffy love that I hate around, you know, it's like a, that love that can love everything. So it's like, that's the love of the dark feminine, you know, like when you gone through the bump, it's like you can actually reach a level of love that you've longed forever, you know, which is the love also for everything, for matter, for, for, for the messiness, for anything. So find a mentor, you know, find someone that inspire you, a woman that has gone through the mud and, and, and follow the track, you know, follow the track that has been walked before you and that will be walked after you too, you know, like, yeah, follow the track. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I, I feel my own story coming up, but I think I'm going to leave that one for a whole different episode because everything you're talking about was my initiation into motherhood. And it was wild. I mean, everyone says they want to be loved exactly for who they are, including everything, including the darkness, including the, but the way that, you know, motherhood 
pushed me beyond boundaries that I even know, knew I had. I mean, I can speak for myself. Like there was this perfectionism in me. And I think that it's a trap that many of us fall into, especially if we're entrepreneurs or we teach others in a way we want to be vulnerable. But in my own case, I think that before becoming a mother, most of my vulnerability was still directed or, or I don't even know how to put it. Cause like the vulnerability was real, but I did choose how much of it I revealed and to whom and to when. Whereas with motherhood, it's like, no, I got stripped apart. There was no more ground beneath my feet and I had no more, you know, cause that's the union that the union and energy that we can enter as a family, which I do believe is, is a lot of why within that first year of having a child, there is so much conflict because it demands, especially the woman to lose herself. And I do think that this is a power of the feminine because when we lose ourselves, it means we lose the control. We lose direction. We lose, in my case, I lost a lot of my clarity in my mind, which is the thing that drove me mad. So during pregnancy, I could really enjoy it because it was beyond time and space. Like often I would kind of slip into this like dream reality while being awake and then kind of waking up, even though I was awake, not quite understanding where I was. <laughs> but the fact that I could trust my man so much made it really enjoyable. And I think that that is the container that we need, right? And so in your case, the container was this woman, this elder, uh, who, because of her presence, you could completely lose yourself. And I think that this is also the beauty of just being a human, which we've lost a little bit in like the era that we live in, where everything is individual and to prove your strength or your capacity, or I don't know what, you have to do it alone. And especially as women, it's like, no, your power as a feminine, not as a feminist, because the feminism gets in the way of true femininity. And I think it's in that femininity that allows for that create, that container to be created by someone you respect and trust to let go of in their presence, whether it's an elder. In my case, it was my partner. It's like, we have to completely lose ourselves. And I mean, there's been periods where I was beyond exhaustion, which means, which means all my protection barriers were melted. And like I said, what came out of me from my bones <laughs> was this like suppressed trauma from my ancestors or things I was afraid of within my own femininity. But finally coming out of that, it's like, wow, you know, I, yeah, I can't believe the person I've become. And, and I can see that in you. And it's like really beautiful for me to witness because like I said, the majority of women who either have protected themselves because of some level of trauma, deciding not to have children, or like I said, feminism of like, no, I'm an entrepreneur. And for the coming years, I want to build my business. And then I don't know, in a couple of years, I'll, I'll consider being a mother, which is like 37, 38. Um, it just seems unrealistic. And that I see as like boundaries of protection. And even myself who was clear about wanting to become a mother, I had countless barriers of protection. But the fact that, like you say, I converse with spirit. I have my rituals every moon cycle. 
I make my offerings. I'm very connected to the shamanic path. And so that clarity from my soul of what the desire was, not just to have a family, but to have it with my soul partner was there. And the knowing that I was willing to sacrifice allowed all of this to happen. But I can definitely also clearly see why we create these illusions of why we don't want to step into it because the confrontation of the ego shattering, confronting, losing your mind, losing yourself, losing all sense of reality is so freaking confronting. Like there's no other way but to die. And it's difficult because we have this attachment to well-constructed aspects of our identity and in your case, it's like, wow, really beautiful to witness that you were capable of doing that in whatever settings and whatever teachers you encountered without actually having to become a mother. And yeah, I can really feel the authenticity of what it, you know, you lost yourself completely. You allowed that part of you to die and the confrontation, it, it it's often feels really alone, right? Which is why that support is needed but I've had conflicts with my partner as well just feeling like fuck he can never even touch the aspects that I am confronted by within myself and I so desperately had moments where I wanted him to do it for me or to like feel what I was feeling to have a comprehension but his understanding came by seeing what arose from that chaotic period right and and yeah so Anyway, yeah, <laughs> before we drift off into a whole different, <laughs> whole different episode. You know, there's, there's another thing that we maybe haven't really spoke about and, and that I, I'd love to at, at least mention when we speak about shame. I feel like in my field, um, let's call it tantra, conscious sexuality, uh, consciousness field, you know, like I feel like that there is a, a reminiscence of um, shame for a woman to choose a path of motherhood, which I also feel like there is also another aspect into like many of the business world or anything like where the woman needs to stay efficient to keep up with a certain pace. In the field that I am, it's like... Um, I don't know how to put that into world, you know, but it's like, it's almost like, wow, if you're choosing motherhood, you, you know, you're saying goodbye to your soul purpose and you're not, you're not spiritual anymore. You know, you know, you're going to receive less spiritual evolution. So, you know, there's all those voices, like those external voices are of course just a manifestation of voices that are going through us within us, you know, but I, and once again, it's not, it's not about the outcome of your decision. You know, I want to, I want to make it as a disclaimer for anyone who feels reactive to our conversation here. We're not, I mean, I'm not saying like that it's best to have a child or it's best not to. What I'm trying to warn and bring consciousness into, it's like that there is many conditioning and depending on your field, depending on your family, depending on anything, you know, certain voice will be louder than others. But those voices around you are just a reflection of those voices that you've internalized. And whether or not you're going to have a child, whether or not, um, you know, life is going to bring you one or not, it's like the most important is that you come through that authentic 
self-inquiry of that dilemma and how does it express in your life? You know, can you be honest about how that dilemma is manifesting in your life? Maybe I'm even in that field because, you know, like that voice was strong in me. So I needed to find a field that could reflect me that, um, you know, judgment, you know, that I had. It's like, if I'm going to be a mother, I'm going to be less available for spiritual upgrade, you know, whatever, whatever voices, you know, that you want to have. Or also in the field of conscious sexuality, where it is so important to be sexually attractive and available to men. It's like, if I'm going to become a mother, I'm not available anymore to have a man. And therefore I lose a certain power that I can take from I am using my sexuality and my sensuality to suck from power from others. So it's like all those things, you know, that are not addressed or in the shadow. It's like, can you be radically honest about those pieces? You know, it's like, see them for what they are and realize that the reality that you've manifested around you is uh, a reflection of that inner conflict that you can have the choice of like facing and therefore, like, dissolving, and you know, or not. And then your environment will take charge of it. It will just remind you constantly where you're at. Well, I'm really happy you say that because, I mean, it's, it's actually been part of my experience, which I was uh, surprised by. This uh, realizing I am, I don't even know how to put it, yeah, there was a death of uh, being available, a death of interacting with that energy of uh, attraction, or so I thought. Actually, flirtation is still part of my reality, but there was a moment where I could see both me and Ruan needing to go through that. No, like, wow, it's very interesting because for both of us, it had been a source of. Uh, I mean, you can say feeding the ego, but also very much just a natural force of feeding an aspect of confidence. And so everything I've described so far about, you know, what was so confronting with my own initiation into motherhood, it was also me needing to reconstruct the whole understanding of like, am I confident? What was my confidence based on? And now that all of that is gone, how do I reconstruct it? And the same for freedom, for example, right? It's, it's, it's like very trippy what happens in that space. And I agree with you. I think there's a huge avoidance to that because it's way too comfortable to stay in that setting where, you know, the, the confidence is fed through the attraction. Even if you don't want to sleep around, there's, um, yeah, there's an aspect to the maidenhood, to that, you know, being that beautiful woman. But yeah, within the Tantra world and, and even just the, I mean, I don't know if you call this hippie world, but um, yeah, kind of lifestyles that allow for a lot more freedom. I think it's particularly these types of lifestyles that prevent people from asking these very primal questions or essential questions or foundational questions and I, yeah, I see a lot of surf suffering be beneath the surface that is not admitted. And it is to feed that well-constructed identity. 
Um, and it's very interesting because when I look at, okay, there's a lot to say for the way things were in the past where there was a lot more obligation and perhaps less space for actual confrontation with self or asking these questions or having the liberty to explore. But there was a more natural understanding of these processes of initiation that come with age, like your first menses, like becoming pregnant, like losing your menstrual cycle, like becoming a grandmother and then dying. It's like the understanding or more of a like embrace of age. Whereas this is something what that, that Ruan says a lot. There's a lot of people who believe they'll forever be young. And we were actually talking about that yesterday where it's like, yeah, we know people in their fifties and sixties and they're still acting as though they're in their twenties. And so I think for women, that's a whole different thing, right? Because we do have a fertile window and the way that that operates within our system is very particular. But if we avoid the initiation and therefore embrace what is next, whether we do that through becoming a mother or not, there's a particular avoidance of that dark feminine, of the admitting of shame or whatever is hidden beneath the surface, no, like a, a conflict within the feminine itself or what is required from our community. But it's, it's surprising, you know, when we dare to step into that, to actually die and rebirth from it. And often it does mean separating ourselves from a community that feels supportive. Like in my case, I, I, I even lost communication with particular friends because my choices were too confronting, first of all, uh, for certain people. But also I had moments within my pregnancy, I felt completely disconnected like I couldn't relate to anything that was happening for many people only because I had to go through this elongated process to come out on the other side and reconnect with many of those people actually from a higher level of of wisdom I guess or maturity or however you want to want to call it um but yeah it was an ego death and it's so confronting and I think yeah we avoid it we avoid it and these days we have many reasons to uh, convince and f- convince ourselves of it not being avoidance, but being a reason to, you know, anyway. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This is a beautiful, beautiful conversation. And I hope I can invite you again as a guest. Like I, yeah, like I shared in the beginning, like I love how radically honest you are apparently not just with yourself, but just with the world. And, um, yeah, I think your story is really unique because you had a longing for both, no, for your greater purpose, but also very much from the primal to have that family and things were decided for you, but that doesn't mean that it hasn't been easy. And the certain layers that you pushed yourself to confront yourself with, to understand where you are and what is required. And I know you shared with me before we started recording that it's a super sensitive subject because you're still in it. Like it hasn't fully been completed within yourself. And I think it's really brave that you, yeah, you felt the call to share where you're at. So thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me and trusting me to speak about that. You know, it's like, I feel like, you know, and I, I don't know if it's a narrative or, or not, you know, but I feel like probably one of the reason 
that that didn't happen and I had to stay into this tension for 12 years it's a long time you know it's like it's the dilemma of my life almost you know it's like I feel like it's the longest dilemma unresolved problem it's like your mind cannot resolve it you know like it's, it's like you have to surrender to the different layers of it uh, and I feel like one of the reasons probably that I, I knew since years that I'm going to have to talk about it. You know, I, I'm going to have to talk about that process because like we shared, it's like it's there for everyone. Either you're conscious of it, either you're not. And I don't hear it spoken enough about, you know, it's like it's spoken into medical conditions or, you know, it's like it's the same thing as like how to preserve your youth. It's ridiculous how to preserve your eggs, how to preserve life. Make it. It's like, no, that's not. That's not what we're supposed to be. It's like, how can we go to the initiation with consciousness, with elders speaking about those portal, you know? And what does those portal can you can can bring you into? Like, what can grow from? those layers of grief that you have to go through, you know, and I feel like I feels like it's just all about creating an illusion of what can be preserved over and over again so that you feel like you can control. You know, it's like I've heard stories, even you know, what you what you were sharing about like shredding off in your experience. And I feel like, fuck, if you're not shredding off where you're giving birth, it's like you actually physically shredding off your bleeding everywhere you can shit yourself it's like it's like you know like there's nothing that you can control anymore even though i haven't gone through a birth but it's like i feel like that's the ultimate place where you need to lose control and even in that i feel like we're trying to find over and over situation to control what is uncontrollable you know, and it's like, I've heard a story of like a woman that had, I don't even know her. It's like a story I've heard, but I'm sure that there's so many that have just like booked the date of their birth and they just do a cesarean and like, you know, they're all makeup and they're all perfect and they just give birth. And like, how the fuck, you know, there's like some places in me that are raging you know, it's like, how can, can we just fucking stop controlling everything and let that unavoidable, like uncontrollable life take you in the depths of those feelings, no matter what they are, through the yearning and longing and through the, through the death and the mourning, you know, it's like, can we just allow that? And of course, it just all come back to the lack of initiation. And the lack of awareness and, 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 and portal of initiation that were taught to us by our elders, you know, like that, that we can have someone that have walked the path and that can tell us, yeah, honey, it's normal, you know, breathe. I'm here holding your hand, breathe, you know, there's something on the other hand of it for you. So, yeah. Hmm. Thank you so much for your wisdom, for your vulnerability, for sharing your stories. Yeah, like I said before, I hope there will be another moment in time that we can converse about another subject of taboo because this has just been, yeah, really enlightening. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, thanks for tuning in. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode. 
Now before you go, I have a quick announcement to make. This year, I'll be teaching Dare to Love again. So if you are fed up dating the wrong guys and you want to attract your soulmate, go to nalayachakana.com and check out the Dare to Love course. This will be the only opportunity to work with me before our next pregnancy. So knock on my door if you have any questions. I'd love to hear from you.